0: Hi, thank you all for coming. We at What Books Press are really excited about this event because this is our fall debut, the debut of our fall list. We only do one list a year, and this year two-thirds of our authors are here. So, well, unless you count maybe it's more than that if you count Holiday and Sarah as separate authors. Three fourths, right. (laughs) We published a book by Tony Dianuntis, an author living in Philadelphia, as well as the book by Sarah and Holiday, which you will hear from tonight, and the book by Carol Lee, which you will hear from tonight. And um, What Books Press is a very small press in Los Angeles, which is devoted to publishing literary texts. I mean, texts that really challenge our sense of what writing is about, and these books do, and we are so happy and proud to be presenting them to you, so please welcome, I guess CJ, again, is going to introduce the authors. Thank you.
1: Great, thank you, Gail. Uh, and I forgot to mention, if everyone could just silence your cell phones, it'd be great, so there are uh, no interruptions during the readings. So first, reading from Mirage Industry, we have Carolee Parker. She has a background in visual arts and foreign languages. She was recently a McDowell Fellow in Poetry and a visiting artist at the American Academy in Rome. Her work has come out in the Denver Quarterly, Now Culture, River Six, and Trick House. She teaches humanities and art history at LA Trade Tech College in Central Los Angeles. Carolee Parker.
2: Thank you, CJ, and thank you for having us here. Really appreciate it. I also wanted to express my appreciation to What Books for bringing this out and I'm really pleased with the cover, uh, both covers on the books by Gronk Nicondro. He does all the covers on What Books, so that's a great virtue of publishing with them. I'm going to skip around a little bit and I'll start with Untitled Clear. If this is low enough. When dreams are transcribed into language, they're almost pathetic. Birds plucked by torments as words hop along in sentences trying to explain what it is to fly, how to stop the desert from spreading, whether a wall of trees could block it. But enough of this tangent. Back to the dreams, where flying was the original subject. Next one is... Untitled Transparent. He's going away. Gone. I get near the bed. It's still magnetic. Given it is also a body capable of attraction. Sleep has nothing to exaggerate. This acute sense of deception. Sham birds. Poor compensation. The lack of pity. Even in the most tricked out mechanism. Including the haunted garden. Mm. To be honest, most of these poems are sort of fictional, but this one is real. It's right out of the paper. August 18th. The article is pretty specific explosives strapped to a bridge, a poorly trained militia, a palace stripped to the level of jail. The Euphrates, Leisurely Descent to Desert. I teach humanities down at LA Trade Tech, and the texts are a little heavy on classical literature. I get quite a dose of it, so that worked its way into the poems. says, Aeneas and Dido. We skip the shipwreck. We go straight to Hades. The scene where Sybil leads Aeneas to a shady nowhere. No, we have not been alive long enough to really know, to say this is possible, impossible. Sun pours into the classroom. Aeneas and Dido are down there. She backing into the dense underworld forest. He dumbly alive and deaf to her silence. This is domestic and alien. Some words are so close, they go right down to the root language. Anglo-Saxon, without the balancing aegis of Latin. Fall, night, worse. I feel them drop leaves all over the grass until it is silent. Through the air, in the streets, there is nothing. Trees and branches wander with no awareness they are naked. It goes far back as conversion. Imported religions. Stars laid over with mythological assurance. And then I also have some prose poems that are a little more narrative. So I'll read a couple of those and maybe end with one later. Um, this is called Futures. It's, I didn't actually try all the palm readers in Venice Beach. <laughs> There's no way to tell which palm reader is best without trying each. (laughs) The first holds my left wrist. The pulse is a little fast. Everything's fine, he says, with an air of fatigue. I ask him about the lines on my palm. He looks into it like he'd forgotten. Generally, when you cross one degree of longitude, another will appear. Well, Kaiser Wellness Program could have told me that. (laughs) The sobering standardization creeps along Venice Boulevard until each stand advertising psychic is decorated with moons, stars, and rings of Saturn. (laughs) This is day job, and it has a French phrase in it, Je crève de faim, which means I'm dying of hunger. I was really happy to learn this phrase because I thought it was so easy and such a direct translation from English. But as soon as I started using it, people asked me, where did you learn that? Don't use it. It's totally vulgar. <laughs> so this is my...
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's called Day Job. I hope Jean-Yves prepare the fundraiser. I'm hungry. Je crève de faim. He asks where I learned that phrase. Don't use it. Uh, At a boat party. We dressed up as pirates and flew the skull and crossbones. He listens in silence. We unfold all the flimsy tables and float white cloths over them. The room is ghostly formal. He announces to anyone in earshot, a passé le weekend avec les marins. It means she passed the weekend with a bunch of sailors. <laughs> i too happy about that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: this is Teaching Sapo. The missing lines are replaced with X's. Most of the poem is X's. A justly famous just one word to translate, or less nothing but the black crater, capable of carrying even breath, or empty, cleared of everything, as we do with troublesome gardens, hearts, dams, turbine engines, sending power lines blindly into the canyon. This is a poem um, about the color pink, which it is one of my favorite colors, but I think it's sort of generally overused for everything, so I tried to stuff it full of pink. Pink, because she sings on Spanish radio. Pink, because red is just politics. Pink as it goes in sapphics. I tell them all the hotels in Lesbos have painted themselves pink because it's good business. Pink scar across an ordinary face. Pink violation notice in the usual neighborhood. Pink, an actual name. One of my best students. He really studied. He made it all the way to Tlon, Ukbar, Orbis Tertius and came back with a paper.
3: <laughs>
2: the excellent pink in my extension class at addiction cessation center. Pink, who just disappeared. Um, The next one is language. Maybe it was made for another history, or I'm not myself. Nobody known to a country I wasn't born to, though there are people and sobriquets for their children. So why do we force them to leave their playthings or learn an instrument or stop the games of pretend? A thing I love is darkness on one of its errands, easy conjugations like the future, but generally familiar in a stranger walking me through this blindness until I see even better. So well, it practically burns the water. And then I have a couple of ones that are n- newer and they didn't make it into the book, but it goes to that, which is actually, I think, the oldest poem in this collection. It dates back about 10 years. So this next one is Spanish Primer. And Soli Sombra was the Spanish primer, it's the name of a textbook. Soli Sombra starts with the present.
1: Hi.
2: Common irregular verb forms ser, estar, tener. Trouble from the beginning. Yo soy, tú eres, nosotros somos. Assuming we really are those persons, difficult, unconforming, and subject to conjugation. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is metaphor. Take November, for example. It is loaded, its weight drops into a conversation, especially this near the end of fall semester last page of the syllabus late Roman history a deathbed conversation that is actually a typo it should read deathbed conversion (laughs) (laughs)
3: let's
2: just go with conversation (laughs) the pillows beaten down by life subject sun drops through bands of the spectrum Again the bird is singing we absent-mindedly listen no different than what we were saying tens of thousands of nights before There's so many enlightenment ideas I thought I would add one more enlightenment idea to the pile so <laughs> more enlightenment ideas I like a fine incision A field of moving rain, flat black thunder, considering the body is hard to inhabit, considering coldly the faculty of reason favors whip, leash, collar, and we don't know what's down there, a soul or just more animal than I care to handle. hesitated to read any poems that are a little more political because they might not be correct like correct correct factually correct but I think I will sally forth on this one it's called Untitled Plain we argue over the mafia I say it's specific to Sicily the Andrangheta is another story you say it's all the same you see it in a lot of countries what's the difference between them and the Spanish fascists They're different. No Franquista bragged, I filled a whole graveyard by myself. They just quietly went and did it. (laughs) There seems to be some controversy over who pseudo Dionysus is because there are various Dionysiuses, uh, but... It's, the figure this is written about was a neoplatonic thinker who influenced some window design in early gothic churches <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking out the window in a poem so I thought of him uh, night comes in right in walks through the window like smoke from the neighbor's fully loaded grill I stop to watch it take the lines the birds, the leaves To a level of perfection, Dionysius, the Areopagite, would have praised. From a plane of existence, not this one. But back to the kitchen, the darkness, my hands searching for the switch, full electric illumination. I'll just read two more. Um, this is Sacred Ball Game. It's about the pre Columbian ball game or the Mayan ball game that was played for keeps. We train hard, driving the body to indifference, walking the violent crosswinds. It takes all of my strength to feel nothing. Flower of mine, remember the loose thunder, the ninth trance, how we followed the dog to Hibalba. Um, This is uh, called Essay 2 Tacitus. I don't know what got into me to assign Tacitus or an excerpt from Tacitus Annals to my class but this is sort of the result. Essay 2 Support your points with specifics. What is a specific? (laughs) Druid witch is a specific. Women like furies. Women brandishing torches. Consulting gods via human entrails are specifics. Are we done with uprising in Britain? Does anybody want more? One student does. This weird spectacle awed the Roman soldiers into a state of paralysis. This is what Edgar writes. The Roman soldiers just have to suck it up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um
2: forget exactly how many more I said I was going to read but this is the last one (laughs) (laughs) it's called The Current Edition and it's about the one textbook that I've used throughout my career teaching it's an excellent introduction to world art history and the author died a long time ago, but it's revived every four years by committee. I notice it's getting sort of, it's losing its bite in each new edition. So you can get a, it's called Gardner's Art Through the Ages. Oh yeah. Thought people would recognize it. You can get a former edition of Gardner's Art Through the Ages much cheaper online. The 10th edition is only a penny. (laughs) <laughs> now that the author is dead the book is ghost written by committee Ghostwriters tread more gently than a live author they, af-
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they offend neither the dead nor the living Helen Gardner says that Jean Goujon's Three Graces would be just a lame copy of the Mannerist Norm if the nymphs didn't have a certain French chic The new edition simply calls them Four Beautiful Maidens. (laughs) Helen Gardner says the Flavian woman has a crooked neck. The ghost writers revise that to elegant and (laughs) swan-like. When Bernini is refused a commission in Paris, he returns to Italy in high indignation. This last part is still in. If you want something less hurtful, pay full price for the 15th edition.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: That was so great. Thank you, Carla Carly. Um, Up next, reading together from the She Series of Venice Correspondence, we have Sarah McClay and Holiday Mason. Sarah McClay is the author of Music for the Black Room, The White Bride, and Horror, all from University of Tampa Press. A 2016 COLA Fellow and a 2015 Yaddo resident, she also received a Pushcart Special Mention and the Tampa Review Prize for Poetry. Her poems and criticism appear in the the Writers' Chronicle, Field, the best American erotic poetry from 1800 to the present, Plowshares, and Poetry International, where she's long served as book review editor. A native of Montana, graduate of Oberlin and VCFA, she lives in Venice, California, teaches poetry and creative writing at LMU, and conducts many masterclasses at Beyond Baroque, And also, Holiday Mason is the author of The Red Bull, A Fable and Poems, Towards the Forest, Dissolve, and Two Chapbooks. The Weaver's Body was a finalist with honorable mention uh, for the uh, 2014 Dorset Prize, and her chapbook, Transparency, was a finalist for the Snowbound 2015. Pushcart nominee, widely published, co-editor of e- uh, Echo sixty eight, poetry editor of Mentalshoes dot com. She's also a fine art photographer and a psychotherapist since nineteen ninety six. So please welcome Sarah McClay and Holiday Mason. That We didn't talk
3: about Okay. I have something to say. Yeah, we have. We 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 we, we we're, we're thrilled. We're just thrilled uh, with this book and to be here. And so, thank you to everybody at What What Books, and thank you, Skylight, and thank you for coming out.
4: Yeah, yeah, I wanted to say the same. We didn't work out the introductions. We worked out the reading because you kind of have have to to. orchestrate it, but this it's a note for future. But thank you to Skylight for hosting our inaugural reading, and to What Books, who is a fierce, amazing collective that um, allows people to actually write Mm -hmm. still and um... Carolee, what a great pleasure to hear you. Yes. And um, I just wanted to say just briefly about the book, which Sarah hasn't approved of, but I'm going to quickly say that um, the book was written over about seven years with many, many, many versions um, while Sarah and I lived on the property in Venice called the Wild Orchid Ranch, and we organically made a kind of an artist's collective with interesting stories, which you tell right now. Um, and that the shoe series of Venice correspondence is for me an it's an ode to get women getting older and to all of our aging and it's also an elegy to being a young woman, but it's all it's and more than anything it's a it's a political statement about um, a reclamation of both the female and the male which uh, we see so grotesquely characterized in politics right now. So
3: I wanted to offer that up as a context, which... And I'll I'll just add, um, uh, it, it also partly came out of this thing I was teaching a course, and it hit me that, you know, when Wordsworth and Coleridge were writing the lyrical ballads. That was actually a collaboration, and they were living close by. And I thought, well, why can't we do that? So I said, Helena, would, would you like to do this? And she said, yes. And she was on it. And I was still recovering from the end of the semester. But um, I think there's something really wonderful about the She series coming out in 2016. Um, so we hope. So we hope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's been a really interesting year yeah, for all of that.
4: Okay. Yeah. So um, the poems were, they they are numbered. We're not going to read the numbers. There were originally 100 poems, 50 from each of us, but there no longer are because the book was winnowed and edited. And So um, we'll just read the poems without any titles. The book is still is closed, so cast a square shade on the woman's knee where she kneels at the pond and still the sorting goes on. The book is open. It's a question about waiting. The kiss planted want, now saturated with a pale cool sheen not knowing any longer what's behind, what's before, the woman above and the one below both lean and touch, mouth to mouth intently considering the face in the still clear surface way up and beyond while way up and beyond vapors of clouds shape her hair into white tufting Antoinette coils the head head in clouds and not in the blood or in the garbage in the blood or the want the pages flutter open there is a body lying still the body is the mother my mother I spread open her ribs and count them gently until they lute and harp violet glands now fruits and veins steaming with tenderness your mother's here too, men will come with boats soon it was just a book it was a painting in a museum of a woman with a book there was a shimmering pool and a world
3: and I imagined her lying there Alone, in the cathedral, nearly invisible, in the late light after the, af- in, in the late light of the afternoon, listening to the mad keys of the organist and his kind hair strewn, streaming across the enlivened air in a kind of mass of curl. And this is wrong. Air, hair, wet hair, wet from the playing, as she lay there, lay there before being discovered and dismissed. She had loved the trees, the metal trees of Madison Park and the metal boulder, thought them beautiful which I only saw at night but they were terrifying I thought of my brother making them as he could have welding them together tin woods in a forest park of fall plucked trees like an omen only metal trees Furious, arguing, held together in their mutually branching dance of rage, Siamese trees. And beyond them, blue light of the Empire State and the gold triangular tower. Shorter, closer, far behind us now, churches with names like Grace, the Chrysler with its lights isolated in their knife-like spire, white light flung like broken piano keys." There are changes in her features.
4: The skin is poor. I have to stop. This palm has a lowercase letter L and an uppercase letter L and it'll happen. Okay. (laughs) There are changes in her features. The skin is poor, but the voice is as always seductive. Some can't help being so hungry. Black thoughts follow pinpricks and principles, the tenacious ones, follow too like a small pack of dirty poodles, muzzled but stout-hearted and sniffing for the goods, especially when a full moon comes, oozing out a carpet of pearls she might sleep upon while it flies over the cities of the world. In every moment she steps into a hole and out and in and out. There are other whips too. She knows they can smell the damp murky wetness emanating from her spine changing the air near her neck and head as if she is wearing a hat of snakes or leaves. Peering first fiercely, then shallowly from behind the onion of her skin cape, she never forgets. How would it be to swallow a man's leg just getting to his cock? Such is the image of the snake's hunger and Eve's abandonment by love with a capital letter, spinning around Every corrosion, all these weather vanes, standing upright again, would that get her a new resume? Would she be restored her crown of stars? Even as she tips like a faulty, three-masted ship, you ask if she'd be able to describe it, say, as just trying to tie herself like a wind-up doll to her hips with a double, double-barreled flask so she could get through this journey. Love would have directed her better had love been better able to Love. Her skirts need hitching up, are dragging in the wave breaks. The sunlight makes a cool landing while she keeps trying to fly by flapping her arms and lining her lips. Coral, having filled things in with small tattoos of X's and O's as if this would get her up, up, up enough, would speed the momentum she needs for takeoff.
3: As, after Odysseus, her body wanted to be Ophelia. The pistol came with its own music. An echo slid from her throat. Liquid, alive, beyond common names for color. How at night she could not swim. Her song like a line of neon in wavering slices across the crinoline dark until the dogs began to bay and men slipped into the skins of animals to roll against the mud without the barrier of clothes. How that bay was a living jewel, the sound, the topaz water, The water had poured from her, and become alive. She would wash up on the shore or float, as white as the lizard who pulls the carriage in a dream, all soggy finery and hair and reeds. Over and over, her body was painted in darkness like a wine of skin. What was true? It was up to her to invent her own music as she began to hear it in the growing stain of sky.
4: He said it was a zoo out there in the lucid pre-dawn sea where Ophelia sang all sorts of animals towards the surface until they touched his thighs, slid over and under, became skin to his skin. The walrus arrived, still vibrating urchin flowers and sunlight even before sun had come, lavender dolphins, purple skimmers, licks of fins slid, twisted the quartz and tourmaline pelicans groaned near a graphite cusp of sky sown with white seagulls beneath which whales breached, blue as ripe plums and fish and fish and fish and spears of minnows. A man in the sea is in the drum of the world. His buried sadness wavering overhead as if all stitches were healed and bone fragments healed. Eruptions of longing forgotten on shore, sealed tight and away. A man firm inside a woman lies under the hexagon spell of starlight. He enters the salt inside her, begins to need salt. This is how a man comes to prefer living alone. His body changed into ocean, the moon in its reflection, a compass steering him to disappear. This is the way opposite things can be sometimes when they touch
3: There was her method of swooning which involved letting go on an ice rink of shattered glass. Her long red hair strewn over the crackles, cheekbones against ice cube pebbles in their sharpness like a mirror. And the sense that below the ice glass or glass ice was another room that could be looked into or looked up from. At around the same time, she noticed more men staring at her in the grocery store, where she had chosen recently to expose her eyes and their wariness, their willingness now to assess and retract, a process she would allow the men to see as it occurred. And though she despised this, There was the recognition that her prior openness had limits. She saw, at the same time, their fascination, realized this as a part of the allure of women who had always seemed somehow older than she would ever be, more knowing, even when they were young. It was an animal look, the look of someone interested in survival primarily that she hadn't imagined, especially in moments of dismissal, could attract. But in those moments on the on the cold glass, her skin seemed even more pale and translucent, like something not meant to survive, impossible as protective cover. And the gaze of assessment was trained on her own face, while her body, sinuous and arduously long, angular as a spider, lay in its mass of hair, puzzling, unforgettable,
4: she is bold as toast on the outside today boldly this woman crosses the street against the light the hardest job in the world creak creak and still she wears those super long silk three tiered skirts like the one she wore in the photo when once she lived in another world One where, squatting in the simmering wild foothill creek, she pleased her mouth by eating pure wild creek mint. Distinctly now, she is wearing out her heels and knees with a hard-hitting heel-to-toe step, knee-high black boots, and that sweet bird's nest at the back of her head, revealing an unwitting exposure in rest. That nest, unnesting the skull beneath her, several shades of variations on the theme of dyed locks where the roots of snow and bone shine out from the underworld, white as a baby dwarf's white fingernails and the sky full of incubating egg-shaped clouds, yet she is beautiful as a jade gossamer parachute, fur coat clinging like a monkey to her neck.
3: They smell her. Let's assume for a time that she, in fact, exists. The four dogs bark themselves to the edge of the fenced-in yard. One hundred crows fly north, looser than migration. Into the white-tinged apricot of sky its French trees butchered, clumped. Curette, the dental hygienist, had said, it's something I have to do. Across the street, a drove of dwarves and pink flamingos, several leprechauns, to make the teeth like silk and plastic witch-hat Christmas trees stranded in ornaments. There's no escaping the leaf-blowers. What is it to be very old, the white continental, covered with plastic tarp and bricks, to slowly walk with one slow dog, to be rightly bewildered? This is not a way to seduce, but seduction's overrated. In the sink, the clippings of the nails, Old cologne. She
4: sees the obsidian. Seriously, you can't really be afraid of the rearranged height. No, I mean light. He says, and offers lemon, yes, pure lemon cake, before guiding her through the almost freezing, expanded, bright hallways of mirrors to the past... And into also the dreams of the mad, those glaring portraits of the velveteen desert, a perfect moon cooling the low slung spine of the singing lion, his peaceful breath, a storm. He leads her hand over the city. She observes her hand over the city like a finger on a jeweled button, the city, and in the palm of his other hand, a stolen marriage bed. Whistling way down in the streets, in the canyons, between buildings, afraid of heights, you can't see seriously the black crayon twirling descent of potency. She watches the world, no, just a single congested street, so small at the tip of her boot, which is at the fantastic ledge of the building, the people, like insects and pebbles, seem all to be in black, and every one without their genitals, and also she thinks, without the moon, without collarbones, and without the halo, hollow
3: moon. There had been the glass of Pernod, clear as urine. She had nearly forgotten to pour in the water, forgotten to make it milk and cloud, And so, citron yellow, it was shared. She sat at the table. His fingers were long and he wore leather bracelets around his neck or around his wrists as the friend, all raspberry orange, appeared at the table suddenly standing just to the side of the slim white linen. Of course, one would think one could tell them apart by the hair. Meanwhile, she bit and licked her lips to hide the chapping pulling from winter, even with the chapping and the gesture on display on the landing before they entered the room with the paintings, that is, of course, with the Freud. He finished his story about the house. The mirror had dropped from the wall after hanging for 15 years, had shattered across the floor as he sat on the couch speaking to his sister should he buy the brownstone? Clearly, yes, and put a finger toward his lips to suggest a space, a hush. And so it was. And there were men she nearly introduced to him in the museum shop. Men who turned their heads and didn't answer to their names there was no handbook
4: we shook sometimes all over in fear even when there were veils of stratus clouds or fog which from below were much as they were from above and we understood this but could not fly in mirrors our bodies grew strange Teeth, stratus, joints, stalactites, and transparent opal ropes tethered to each lovely chime of bone, muscles, roots, our piece of the mangrove grove. And for the time, I was joined specifically with one quite thin man, after which my body was temporarily misplaced like a cloud, I saw I loved him for some reason of the body and would always and he sent me a note in the ethers from the ethers which was also the sapphire curve of the big wave it said Unus Mundus which deserved only the yes like a pearl the word every woman knows
3: because she remembers she speaks moon. But there was another subject. What was it? It had been deserted by form, by form of all kinds. One could say river or bird or fish or even ash. And it was none and it had been none. And so it was with some irony that this could be said felt thought on a day that was beautiful if cold. That rivery strands of water fell into a round raised cement pool like a river peeing, peeing from eight angles at once. That a slim tree, the color of ash, was budding as light hit the ash gray deck through the greenery, gathered like flowing swords, gathered into the vase of the earth, the face of the earth with its many mouths. Light hit the prayer flags like wind, or wind hit them like light. But there were no fish, no birds. And the man in the dream said, you'll just have to feel it like it is. Nick held
4: back in a bow Lamb given to the knife He whispered into her from behind Slippery like a fish Sitting on the edge of the claw foot tub She reflects on herself In the window, in the cradle of candlelit night The door way behind black So thirsty A cup of bath water where both feet Float like fish. She is nearly old, but not quite too old. Having nothing to do with need, having everything to do with need, touch, torch, bellies, he asks her to turn off the lights, having nothing to do with anything less than fear. Her face in the window, what is under the water and rising to the surface, the way one can barely make out a ghost or a fish. Bending hard as if he hated her, or perhaps envied the flexible bow of her back, so pliant a sail full of breath. Or maybe he recalled the bow and arrow story and would always be the prince, pinned as any butterfly to the canvas of the bed, yet slippery like water when I was a girl. The enormous size of his hand at her throat and the tongue of sorrow just behind her lips, unexpressed and in the throat as well. Torn flags, the palms bending in a high wind of canal, flames, the light of the neighbor's bathroom flicked on, casting her upturned face in it, and the neighbor then peeing in his bowl, I begin again. As a girl, I had a long patience forgetting the difficult fruit of pomegranates. What a pity it must be for the man not to love the woman with his beautiful penis. What a pity as they forget into each other,
3: each other, and themselves. Because identity had gone and no one was waiting, there was no garden. No stair. There was no snow. Someone, for instance, would not be able to hear callous whisper. All the familiar objects had been removed. There was the sound of traffic, but in the morning of a foreign city, under the upturned corners of the mouth, what was there? When the muscles went, why would no one speak about it? It was not a dilemma, but a state. Air was moving through the scarves of women seen from the bus, through cypress, eucalyptus. People held their clothing on tightly. It was hard to know what to hear was a film already empty, the script had been written, the sound of birds infiltrated me, a huge swaying texture, like Beethoven soaring out of the Schoenbrunn, a moving curtain surrounding the windows, in and out of sleep, walking silently through trees.
4: Thank you for coming.
3: Thank you. Thank
1: you. To web- You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget you can listen to this and all our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.